I want you to turn to about two or three different people and give them a high five and say, are you kidding me? Okay, now you can sit down and we're ready to go. <laughs> oh, thank you, Heavenly Father, for, for coming into our place of worship today and allowing us to feel your sweet presence. And I just ask now that you would calm me down, calm my nerves, and the word that you have for our congregation today is just speak through me. Um, we'll be sure to give you praise and glory because truly, Lord, you are the only one worthy of praise and glory. Okay. I wanted you all to say, are you kidding me? Because a few weeks ago when Devin and Tara were home for Easter, I had all four of our grandbabies in the car with me one day. And Roman kept saying, are you kidding me? So I'd look in the rearview mirror and his big old smile, you know, all those teeth showing. And he'd say, are you kidding me? And sometimes it made sense. Sometimes not so much, but he just said it so much that when I got home that night, I was telling Steve, I'm like, you know, this is what Roman kept saying all day. And we were kind of laughing and Steve said, well, you know why? I'm like, no, I really hadn't thought about it. And he's like, Devin says that all the time. You know, Devin, our oldest son and Roman's daddy, if he gets excited about anything, he'll say, are you kidding me? And of course, anybody with children know, whatever those little people here come out of your mouth, sooner or later, is coming out of theirs, right? So anyway, I just had to share that because it was about my grandkids. <laughs> but today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give you some similarities that I have found between some few leaders, um, a couple leaders, actually, in the Bible. And a few years ago, several of us here at the bridge decided we were going to start reading the Bible through in a year. And so we have the Bible app, and it tells you every day which chapters to read, and then you just mark them off. So the end of the year, you've completed reading the whole Bible. And it's really cool. It really is. And, um, but this year, when I started, I thought, you know what? This year, my word is intentional, as several of us have chose that word. But I'm going to intentionally just slow down. I'm not going to worry so much about getting through the whole Bible, but I am going to make sure I'm learning some things that maybe I've just kind of skipped over in my haste before. And so these are a few of the things that I'm finding as I'm crawling my way through the Bible. And I wanna start with Moses. The story is Moses is out in the wilderness tending to his father-in-law's sheep, and he sees a burning bush. So he goes over to check out this burning bush, and the voice of God comes out of the bush and says, Moses, take off your sandals. You're on holy ground. How many have heard that story before? Have any of you heard that maybe in Sunday school? Well, me being a church girl all my life, I have heard that story so many times. And I've never stopped to wonder what could that mean? I mean, surely God wasn't just saying, hey, take off your shoes and stay a while, you know, make yourself at home. So come to find out, it's a Jewish tradition that when you take off your sandals, you're saying, I'm giving up my own personal rights. Suddenly puts a whole different twist on the story. See, God is getting ready to give an assignment to Moses, and it's a big one. He's getting ready to give him the responsibility of leading hundreds of thousands, possibly over a million Jewish slaves out of Egypt where they're held 
and slavery. And Moses' assignment is to take this humongous group of people and lead them to their promised land that God had promised them hundreds of years earlier. God wanted to make sure, do I have the right leader here? Because see, it's not going to be about Moses at all. It's going to be about what God could do through Moses. You know, I didn't realize until this year, just the last few weeks, when I'm reading slowly through the Bible, Moses wasn't the only one that God ever told to take off his sandals. I had just never picked up on that before. But Moses, doing his job, it took him about 40 years, but he eventually got this group of people to the doorstep of their promised land. And then God told them, it's time for you to die, Moses. We need a new leader. So Moses anoints the next leader, and the guy's name is Joshua. Now, Joshua had been Moses' assistant. He had gone up in the mountain with Moses years earlier when Moses would meet with God. He had seen miracle after miracle after miracle that God had performed through the leadership of Moses and now God was saying, you're the next leader. See, because now God needs a leader that will take this nation of people into their promised land and begin taking possession. They had some battles they were going to have to fight. And God needed to know if Joshua was the right person. The Bible tells us in the book of Joshua, chapter 5, that Joshua sees a man standing in the road. And the man has a sword. The man introduces, listen to this, he introduces himself to Joshua as the commander of God's army. So what do you do when the commander of God's army is talking to you? He falls to his face and he says, I'm your servant. What do you want me to do? And you know what the commander of God's army told him? Take off your sandals. The ground you're standing on, it's holy. And the Bible tells us Joshua did as he was told. So another similarity between these two leaders. Let's back up to Moses again. See, Moses, when he got the children out of Egypt, the children of Israel, he's leading them, starting the process of getting them to their promised land, runs into a problem. He's got these hundreds of thousands of people he's responsible for, and they get to a huge body of water, which normally is not a big deal unless it's preventing you from getting to where you need to go. The other problem was Pharaoh had changed his mind. He wanted his slave force back, so he had sent the army to go get them, and they could hear this army on their tail, but there's a body of water in front of them. But through the leadership of Moses... God parted the Red Sea. And the Bible tells us that the water literally stood up like walls on either side, and they walked through into the wilderness, which was their total freedom. But again, God did it again for Joshua. Because now the children of Israel are standing in front of a body of water that's preventing them from getting into the promised land. And it's been 40-some years since the Red Sea parted. Would God do it again? Yeah. They were at the River Jordan, 
And the Bible tells us that it was the time of year that the river was completely out of its banks. Who knows what that's like around here in St. Louis this time of year? You know, that's a scary thing, right? But not a big deal for God, no. Again, through the leadership of Joshua, God parts the water and they walk through on dry ground right into the promised land. A third similarity I'm gonna share with you. And this time we're gonna start with Joshua. As they come through the body of water, and let me remind you, We've got over a million people now, so it took them a little while to get through. But towards the end, Joshua chose 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he tells them, I want you to get in the middle and pick a big rock, get a big stone, and put it on your shoulder and bring it to camp tonight. So when they did, he explained what was going on. In Joshua 4, 6, he tells them, they're going to build a memorial, and this is the reason. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And you can tell them. Have you ever taken your kids on vacation, maybe up to Washington, D.C., and seen the monuments, the memorials, to represent things that have happened in our past? We weren't alive for you know, we weren't alive to see the things that George Washington did or, or Lincoln did, but we can tell our kids what happened because the memorials remind us, right? And that's exactly what Joshua was telling the children of Israel. God has done some crazy, amazing things, but you know what? You're going to get busy with life and you're going to forget it. So we're going to build a memorial so that when your kids see it in years to come, they'll say, hey, mom, dad, What's that pile of rocks for? What's that mean? And it's going to be an open door for you to tell them about God. Tell them the amazing miracle that God performed today when we just all walked through the River Jordan on dry ground. So I started thinking, okay, there's too many similarities going on with these two guys. So I've got to find what Moses did. So I went back into the book of Deuteronomy and I never did find a place where Moses stopped and told them to pick up rocks and they were going to build a memorial. But this is what I did find. Okay, so Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Bible tells us that God has been uh, meeting with Moses. They're hanging out talking. And God tells Moses, I need you to have another meeting with the children of Israel. And I need you to tell them some things. And tell them to listen up good. That they need to listen to my instructions and they need to obey them. And I love this part because God is not some big old mean God just smacking you around, giving you instructions, but this is why he's given instructions. The Bible says God told him so that all would go well with them and their children. See, who knows? God has our best interest in mind. He loves us and he loves our children and he loves all the future generations yet to come. So Moses did as God told him to do. He gets the children of Israel together. And in verse four, this is what he says. Hear, O Israel, like listen up guys. The Lord our God is one Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands 
that I'm giving you today. See, he's given him some commands, not to just keep on the back burner if you feel like doing it, but no, live it wholeheartedly. And he tells him this, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. In other words, whatever you have to do to remind yourself to tell your kids about God and about God's instructions and about God's power, do it. Just do it. So it really got me thinking, okay, so I know they're talking about their children, but who knows children grow up and they reproduce. And then there's more children and so on and so forth. And these leaders were telling their followers, the people they were leading, that they were responsible for, make sure you're telling them so much that they tell the stories to their kids and then their kids tell the stories to their kids, which means us, right? How many know the ABC song? Why do you know the ABC song? Because it's been repeated 140,000 times in your life, right? And God is using the same concept because what is repeated over and over and over in your life is exactly what you're going to learn. So what are we teaching our kids? What do they wake up to? As we drive down the road, is it Joy FM they're hearing on the radio? Yay, Joy FM. (laughs) You know, I think sometimes, honestly, we just get busy and we don't pay attention to really what's being fed into their little minds over and over, right? Maybe this is just a good reminder today for us to start being a little more intentional. You know, um, as I studied, um, I got to thinking about today, you know, 2019 in the United States. And really, when you look overall at our culture, sometimes it's kind of scary because you can see how we have gotten so far from God as a nation. Um, And I got to thinking, you know, there's some things I think we've done pretty good with teaching our children. I think we've done pretty good with teaching them how important an education is, uh, how important it is when they grow up. They need to make a, a good living and how important, you know, to be involved in, in sports and be on teams and learn how to get along with everybody. Those are great things. But I think we have failed overall to remember God. Those other things, they're great things. They really are. I mean, we need to get a good education. We need to take good care of our families when we grow up. But those things only last for a lifetime. But everything that you're teaching your kids about God is for eternity. You will never go wrong with repeating the things of God. And remember what God told Moses, the reasoning why you're telling godly things to your children is so that all will go well with them. Okay, well, to be really honest at this point, um, I started feeling, because uh, like I said, it gets kind of scary when you look at our, our culture and you think we're having grandbabies now and they're going to be raised up in this society that talks so little about God Almighty. Um, and 
I started thinking about my personal responsibilities even today, even though my children are grown. Um, I have responsibilities, you know. Um, I'm responsible to be a good wife, a good mom, a good mother-in-law, a good Mimi. I'm responsible to be a good Sikh leader, a good first lady. Um, and I will tell you, I'm my own worst critic, and I know that. But I can do better. You know, I got to feeling like, where can I do better? Where have I failed? Where have I come up short? Um, what am I not doing enough? And to be honest, when I started thinking of the responsibilities God has given me, I started feeling overwhelmed. I'm just being real with y'all. I don't mean to sound heavy duty here, but I started feeling overwhelmed because how many of us have felt overwhelmed with our responsibilities before? Let's be real. So... My normal is to start feeling a little pity party coming on, but I had just been so excited about what God was showing me with these two leaders um, that I just jumped back into the book of Joshua. And if you've not read the book of Joshua, gotta read it. So um, I started reading again. I turned back to the first chapter and I'm reading in verse five, God's talking to Joshua and he says, I will be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Then you will, will be successful in everything you do. Just study this book. See, God gives us instructions. We got to remember to read them though. This is my command, God told Joshua. My command is to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I stopped and I thought, where'd that come from? Unless Joshua was starting to feel overwhelmed with his responsibilities. Why else would God tell him that? Just out of the clear blue. So I started feeling a little bit better about myself. I'm not the only one that ever feels overwhelmed or less than enough. Maybe I'm not the right one. Have y'all felt that way before? So go with me just a minute. I'm sitting at my dining room table. And I thought, okay, I'm going to write this down like God's talking to Crystal instead of Joshua. And I put Crystal. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who has been chosen to help lead your children, your grandchildren, your Sikh sisters, and your bridge family. Just be careful to obey all the instructions in the Bible and don't deviate from them. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Just study this book of instructions daily. This is my command. Crystal, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. <sighs> I'm really emotional person in general. Amen, Steve? Can you amen that? <laughs> I always say my mom and dad named me really well because the first four letters of my name are C-R-Y-S. Here I am. So I'm sitting at my dining room table Seriously, bawling like a baby. 
because I felt God start to encourage me. He hadn't made a mistake in picking me to be Dustin and Devin's mom, to be Jenna and Tara's mother-in-law. He hadn't made a mistake in making me Steve Thacker's wife or to make me the Mimi of Indy, Lila, Roman, and Hadley. I'm the girl. But he's telling me I don't have to be overwhelmed. I don't have to be scared because you know what? It's not about me. Okay, and this is the honest to God's truth. I'm sitting at my dining room table all alone. (laughs) And I lift my hands, bawling like a baby. And I sit. God, I'm taking off my sandals. (laughs) I'm giving up my rights. Because it's not about me. It's about what you can do through me. Moses and Joshua were nobody special. Moses had a speech impediment. But that didn't matter. He was willing to take off his sandals. Joshua, the Bible really doesn't give a whole lot of account of who Joshua was. Except he must have been pretty scared and overwhelmed. But he was willing to take off his sandals. (laughs) Okay, so back to the book of Joshua. And I promise we have an ending coming. Okay, so I'm reading, 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 reading. I get to chapter 10. And yeah, God keeps reminding Joshua, be strong, be courageous, you got this. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. So I get to verse 25 of chapter 10. And I read these words. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous. Yeah, I've read that a few times already. But this time, this time something was different. Because it wasn't God talking to Joshua. It was Joshua talking to the men that were following him. See, something amazing had happened. Joshua had trusted God, and he had seen city after city after city being demolished as they took over possession of their promised land. (laughs) It excited me because now he had learned the lesson, and now he was turned around teaching those he was responsible for. Now, I know God has not assigned me to lead a million Jews into their promised land. But the stuff he's given me responsibility for, that's serious to me. And now I can teach my followers, my children, my grandkids, my Sikh sisters, my bridge family that, hey, you can be strong and courageous too. Don't be discouraged because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I can just see Joshua teaching these people See, he has learned to be strong and courageous, but not in his own ability, but it was in the ability of Almighty God. He knew on his own he wasn't good enough, but remember, he took off his sandals and gave up his rights so that God could use him. Crystal, same thing. This week, I took off my sandals. I'm anxious to see what God's getting ready to do through Crystal. 
because it's not about me, it's about him. I really feel like today, God is talking to every one of us. You might be a parent, you might not. You might be an aunt, an uncle. You might be a manager or supervisor at your job. You might be a teacher. Whatever your career, maybe you're a student at school, but you are responsible for somebody. You're leading someone whether you know it or not. God has designed every single one of us with a purpose. His purpose. And today I really feel like God wants to leave every one of us with a word of encouragement. First of all, I think he's saying, do not be overwhelmed. Just take off your sandals. You can't do it by yourself. Oh, you might muddle through it and do okay. But just think of the amazing things God wants to do through you if you're willing to just take off your sandals. And then I think he just wants us to remember to be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's stand together and bow our heads as we end in prayer. Dear God, we love you so much, and I know we get so busy with life. This is a great time, Lord, to remind us that we all do have responsibilities. We really do. But you've not left us alone with those responsibilities. And the really amazing thing is, God, you have a plan that we cannot even begin to comprehend that you want to do with us. And this morning, God, as a congregation, I'm going to speak for the congregation to you, God, and just say, we're willing and ready to take off our sandals. We know you have a great plan for the city of Lake St. Louis. There are souls that need you. There are people that are struggling with life. You are the answer, and we are the people to guide people to that answer. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We stand encouraged knowing that it's not about us. It's not about our own abilities, but truly, God, it's what you can do through us. In Jesus' name, we pray.